Thank you, Greg, for reading today's gospel lesson. It's a beautiful passage in its own right, but um, boy, it is especially powerful in a week like this week and a day like this day. Our, our church calendar is like a year-long journey, right? It's split in two. The first six months of the year from Christmas to Easter, we follow the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And then the second six months, Pentecost until next Advent, we learn how to live in response to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, how to live as his people. And this week that we are in right now, friends, this week marks the turning point between those two. Because next week we'll celebrate Pentecost. That's the day when the Holy Spirit comes whooshing down, fills us with the power of God. But this week, traditionally um, this Wednesday, is what we call in the church Ascension Day. It's the day that the resurrected Jesus leaves us, essentially. So remember, so um, three days after he's killed, Jesus miraculously reappears. And then for the seven weeks of the Easter season, this is seven of seven, the resurrected Jesus keeps popping up here and there among us, asking for something to eat, breaking bread with us, inviting us to put our hands on him, see that he's alive. He prays for us, bestows peace upon us, blesses us, sends us out to do all of his work. But then on the seventh week, this week, he leaves. This is the ascended into heaven week. Um, and before he leaves, he tells us that the Holy Spirit is going to come and help us. But for now, we don't know what that will be or when that will be. So if today where you're at in your life is if you find yourself um, carrying uncertainty or if you feel unsure about the future, if it kind of feels like, man, it just feels like our world is falling apart. If you feel like you are falling apart, if you're asking yourself, like, how long, oh Lord, then this week in our church year and this scripture, this is for you. This week is for you because this is a week where together as the church, we wait. We wait. We remember the promises of God and we sing praises to a God who's bigger than all of it. How great thou art. And the scripture is for you. Um, there's a reason that the writers of our lectionary scheduled this passage for this day. Um, it doesn't match the linear story, right? Um because this is the prayer that Jesus prays the night before he's arrested, way back in Holy Week. Um, but this scripture is assigned this week because it's meant to be a reminder to us. Sorry, I'm getting distracted because it is just, I don't know if you can hear it, but um, there just became a beautiful downpour of rain um, on the sanctuary here at Christ the King. And, and anytime I hear that rain, I just think of baptism and renewal and refreshment and, oh, do we need that right now? So thank you, God, for rain. Anyways, there's a reason that this scripture is on this week. Um, even though it's out of order, kind of, because the, the scripture is the prayer that Jesus prays the night before he's arrested. So that happens back in Holy Week. But it's on this week to remind us, as we're in this in-between time, right? Um, we've seen Jesus getting whooshed up into the air, and we're just like left behind gawking at the bottoms of his feet, and we're wondering what's going on, when's the Holy Spirit coming? And so it's like the lectionary schedulers are saying, hey, while you wait, remember this. Remember what Jesus prayed for you. Isn't that wild? Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays for you. That is, that is such a powerful thought to me. What an incredible thought. Like, what do you think Jesus is praying for you right now? The scripture 
is what he prays when he's getting ready to leave this world and he prays for all of his future followers so that includes you and me and he prays holy father protect them in the name that you have given me sanctify them in the truth for your word is truth don't take them out of the world but protect them from the evil one and i ask that you do these things jesus says so that they may be one so that they may be sanctified in truth and so that this is my favorite so that my joy may be made complete in them. My joy in full in them. God, protect them, Jesus prays. Now, when I was growing up, there was a book that my dad would read to us every Christmas Eve. It's called The Trees of the Dancing Goats. It's by Patricia Polacco. And um, it's about the author's real life growing up in the 40s and 50s as the only Jewish family in their town in rural Michigan. And the author lived there, Patricia, with her parents, her brother, her grandpa, and her babushka, her grandma, who had emigrated from the Ukraine to the U.S. during the Holocaust. And the book is about how every year, as families around them are getting ready to celebrate Christmas, Patricia and her family would be getting ready to celebrate Hanukkah. And they would hand dip beeswax candles for the menorah, which they would polish to a shine. They would dress and roast chickens, shred potatoes for latkes. Her grandfather would carve these beautiful small wooden toys. And he would carve enough so that Patricia and her brother Richard could get one every night for all the eight nights of Hanukkah. And even though they weren't supposed to, the kids would always like sneak peeks through the door of his workshop and their eyes would just gleam as they thought about getting to wrap all of those brightly painted animals. So one year, as they're getting ready for Hanukkah, they get word from town that many of the families in their town have come down with scarlet fever. Scarlet fever is very contagious, and back before antibiotics, it was a major cause of death, and even with proper medication, it would make you really, really sick. And every day, they hear about more and more families around them who have come down with the fever. So as they light the candles on the first night of Hanukkah, and they sit there remembering the miracle of light that happened so many years ago in Israel, they think of all their neighbors who are so sick, houses dark, ovens cold at Christmas time, and they just wish there was something they could do. When Babushka slowly says, you know, they always cut a tree down and bring it into their house at Christmas. Only in America do trees grow out of the floor. Maybe we could cut down treetops and take them into their houses for them. Yes, the whole family loves this idea, but wait, Christmas is not our tradition. What will we use to decorate the trees? And little Patricia and Richard, they look at each other and they gulp, and then they offer to use all of those little wood carvings, their Hanukkah presents from their grandpa as the ornaments for the trees. So then after that, they all have ideas, right? I'll dress down more chickens, I'll peel more potatoes. Oh, let's give them each a homemade Hanukkah candle too. So soon the old Ford truck is stuffed full with decorated trees and baskets of food and grandpa and babushka bundle up and they head off into the snow to play Santa Claus. But little Patricia is worried. All these people are so sick and you're going to go right into their homes? What if you catch it, Babushka? 
what if you get sick too? And her babushka smiles down at her and says, and here's the part where my dad would always start to cry. She says, in so much worse I've been, you shouldn't know from. God will protect. God will protect. This I know. It's a beautiful line, right? But how can anyone, especially a European Drew who, Jew who lived through everything she's lived through, how can they believe that? That God will protect. You don't have to look far, friends, to see people whom we did not protect, whom God seems not to protect. We especially don't have to look far this week. But really, we don't have to look far any week to see people who have died in totally unfair ways or people whose daily life is like a living death. And for whatever reason, God does not seem to protect us from death, from pain, from heartbreak, from people who are cruel, from addiction, poverty, from mental illness, from our bodies breaking down. And I don't know why God lets it happen. I wish I could tell you. I can tell you there have been times that I've screamed at God. I've sobbed. I've kicked the floor, pounded walls. One time I took a stack of plates and smashed them into a million tiny pieces one after another. I've never gotten a satisfying answer. And really, no answer is good enough in the face of something like Texas, right? No answer is good enough. The best we can do is sit with each other and show up for each other and go back again and again and again to the story of Jesus. In the chapter from the gospel that we read today, Jesus prays and he prays for himself and he prays for his current followers and he prays for his future followers and that's for us. And then you know what happens after, right? He's arrested by the Romans. He's whipped and mocked and spit on. He is nailed to a cross, and there he breathes his last. And God did not protect him from pain or suffering or death, and yet Jesus did not die in vain. His death brought new life to everyone, everywhere, always. And because he came and suffered, we know that when we suffer, we do not suffer alone. And because of his life and death and new life, we know that even though we may die to this world, we will live forever in Christ. Now, I still think it's okay to pray for protection. I pray it all the time. You know I prayed it this morning when I dropped my kids off at school. And Jesus prayed protection for us, right? It's what you do when you love someone. But just know, please know, that the promises of God are bigger and longer than just protection from physical harm. God may not protect you from suffering, but may God protect you from the far worse evil of apathy. God may not protect you from pain, but may you find that the depth of your pain becomes the depth of your ability to love. God may not protect you from your own weakness, but may God use your weakness to show God's strength. God may not protect you from death, but may God protect you from living in vain.
and above all, with God's protection, no matter what pain this life brings, nothing, nothing, nothing can stop you from being full up, filled right up to the brim with the unshakable, unbeatable, and unending joy of Jesus. The unshakable, unbeatable, and unending joy of Jesus. And you know what? I think that's what Patricia's babushka really meant anyways. Amen. Friends, for the times when words fall short, God gives us silence, God gives us rain, and God gives us song. Whatever burdens you're carrying this week, friend, whatever grief, we offer them now to the God who turns all of our problems into praise. And so we sing, offering.